Are you seeking a better way to accelerate your sales, to scale your business, to live a life with no limits? Accelerate Sales Podcast features global experts who have cracked the code to recurring revenues with proven sales systems and get you on the fast track to scaling. Now let's accelerate your sales with today's episode. Hi, I'm Paul Higgins and welcome to the Accelerate Sales Podcast, episode number 432. Today's guest is going to blow you away. You're going to learn the power of research before you're doing outbound and how that will make it work so much better. The second is meeting buyers on the channels or the their preferred channels and some really cool techniques to find out what, what they are. And the third is some awesome scripts for phone and LinkedIn that is going to get your high response rates. If you're a first time listener and you love it, please subscribe. And we're really here for cloud consultants. So if you adapt SaaS, your SaaS vendors technology to get results for your clients, you're in the right place. And if you're a regular, love those reviews. Uh, there will be a summary and in the app you're listening to, and also there's a full transcript so you can get those wonderful scripts as well. And before I interview Antoine, I'd like to thank our sponsors. The first is the Cloud Consultants Collective, which is a free Slack community for cloud consultants helping each other to run our businesses better. And the second is SendSpark, which is a great video tool that has the ability for you to shoot a video, a uh, short video, and then link it to an existing video to increase your sales. And you can get free six months at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash send sparks. Our guest today is from his early teens, has always been entrepreneurial. He's fascinated by people, sales, and psychology behind it meant that he started to answer, uh, sorry, ask a lot of questions to get answers. He has uh, been fortunate to build a career over the 15 years that spans across corporate events, publishing, advertising, community sales, as well as the passion for connecting buyers and sellers. He has led the creation of Sales Driven, and Driven is D-R-I-I. VN in 2020 with a desire to improve the perception of the sales profession by minimizing waste and improving efficiency and effectiveness from the top of the funnel to the to accelerate sales revenue and eliminate the outdated practices of today's sales process. So you are in the right place. So what I'll do now is hand you over to Antoine Marsden. Brenda, have you here, Antoine? Good to uh, good to be here. Thanks uh, for inviting me. Yeah, well, as we said in the sort of the the prep, I'm very excited about this because some of your methods are very different to the ones that you know I've seen my clients using, and yeah. uh, you yourself listening to An- Antoine today will find um, I think another gear in your outbound approach. So uh, very excited. But why don't we kick off? with uh, who are the clients that you love to work with and what problems do you solve for them? Um, so it's a good question. The, the type of clients that we like to work with, um, I would say range from those that um, have never really done outbound before. So maybe they're used to inbound demand generation or maybe they're used to um, finding their own leads across networks or across referral networks, but um, never really um, understood um, the, uh, the the kind of outbound process. Um, and also um, organizations that appreciate the outbound process, but haven't quite been able to nail what that looks like and have an understanding that outbound is a huge developer of long 
uh, of mid to long-term pipeline. And so therefore working with an organization that's gonna help to deliver that kind of consistency and understanding of how to scale that is, uh, is, is, is a win for them. So those that aren't necessarily looking for just a shot in the arm, but those that are looking for a sustained period of growth and understanding about the outbound development model. Yeah, and the, and the sales team sized, um, you know, is there any particular size? Is that because most of us are, are doing the sales ourselves, but are you focusing mm-hmm. on larger sales teams? Just give us a bit of perspective on that. Um, so we've, we've, we've worked with companies that have their founder um, selling the products. So maybe the founder is quite technical in their approach, um, doesn't quite understand how to uh, develop outbound at scale. Um, so that's definitely an area where we can we can help. Um, and we also work with companies right now up to that have teams of up to 10 to 15 salespeople. Um, so I say that our kind of sweet spot is anywhere from um, your ground up startup looking for, um, you know, a, a kind of outbound sales uh, development uh, professional right through to a 50 million turnover company that have, you know, a well-established sales team, but are potentially looking at other areas to develop their sales um, into yeah, and and look, you know, normally I, I talk about four key ways to drive revenue in the business or, or leads. You know, one is through referrals and network, like you spoke about before, and try to get as much revenue from your existing clients is always you know the yeah. easiest. The second is your your partner, your vendor, your SaaS partner. So you know, get leads from them. Then the third yeah. is outbound, and the fourth is uh, strategic partners. And you know, I think you're right. Normally, people have got one and two working okay. I think two they can always improve on, but definitely one is where most of the leads are. But they're like, you know what? I, I just can't get to my growth targets with this approach, and it's not predictable and it's not repeatable, right? So then they, you know, come come for help with outbound. So that's why I'm excited to have you on. And and you know, the are, are they the similar sort of pain points that you see or are there other pain points that you speak especially down at the founder level i think that's probably more appropriate for for you listening today yeah i think i think one of the most difficult things as a founder of a of of any business and i've been there myself right so myself and my business partner starting on this journey um we sat down and we had to really think about who is it that is going to want to buy from us who is it that we need to have those conversations with internally the types of problems that we're looking at, who is it that's likely to be thinking about those problems consistently and how they can potentially fix it. And so it does come with, after that, a huge amount of complexity as to how you craft your message, how you get it out to the market, how you even generate a list of people that could potentially be of interest to even hear about this. Um, and then developing something impactful enough for them to want to listen. So um, I think that from the the level of founder where you may have developed an actual product and you know that product inside out and you've got a very good understanding as to um, the the kind of within the product itself, those specifications, how it's going to impact on an organization that uses it, but not necessarily so much as to how to sell to the pain of your ICP and how to do that from an outbound perspective as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that, um, uh, you know, for, for us here, when we look at the outbound um, kind of model, it is to complement anything that you are doing where you're already seeing leads come into the company, 
but also it is going to become a massive driver of conversation that allows you to understand how your product is viewed in the eyes of your potential ICP yes. and to give you some very valuable feedback as to where those organizations that you are targeting happen to be in the market right now. Yes. Because I think that that's the biggest driver of you understanding how you develop your business and where um, you know what what those opportunities look like for you, not just in the immediacy, but you know three months, six months, twelve months from now. Yeah, great. And I know that you on your LinkedIn profile, which we'll put the links in the URL. Uh, sorry, put the links in the show notes, I should say. But you talk about that, you know, a lot of the top of the funnel activities people are doing at the moment may cause you harm, right? So okay. what do you mean by that? So, yeah, it's a, it's a good question. And 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 for me, I think I've, what, what you're seeing a lot of, especially in the marketplace today, is huge amounts of sales engagement platforms um, alongside marketing platforms. Uh, companies are cobbling together these platforms and sending out huge amounts of messages. And for me, what I see is that you, we, we only have a finite market, no matter which market you're in, it's a finite market. It's, it's not a, a never ending supply of leads because uh, the way that it works, obviously you have people that come into an, an industry, they then fall out of that industry, move into other industries and then they retire. So you, you're only going to have a certain size of industry that you're going after. And if you are abusing that industry, if you like, with a lot of the email marketing methods out there, with a lot of the spam methods out there, even on the telephone, what you're doing is you're causing some irreparable damage to the audience that you are going after because eventually your messages will stop being seen, stop being heard, because it is just an it's just in the avalanche with everything else that is coming towards them. So where we believe the value lies is okay you have an audience that you want to get your message out to they need to understand who you are but it's raising yourself above the noise that is falling into people's inboxes every day uh what they're coming across on their linkedin and really our focus is on finding those people on the channels that make the most sense for them to communicate with you with other or, or, or whatever who you know it might be but then from there really using that to then make your campaigns more focused on aligned on those channels that deliver that response yeah. so yeah and, and yeah. look that that makes you know perfect sense um i think you know by default we typically go to the channels that we're most used to right like for me you know yeah. linkedin I, for so long, I just only did LinkedIn and then, you know, looked at all the activity and, and everything. And, you know, they just weren't on LinkedIn. That, sorry, their profiles were on LinkedIn. So it's a great research tool, but not the best communication. And, um, you know, how, how do you find out about your audiences? You know, how, how do you um, work out what are their best platforms? Because is it, you know, generic for the certain target market or, you know, is it down to individuals? Just sort of take us through that because personally I find that difficult to know what platforms people prefer to be communicated on. No, it's, 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 a, it's a valid point and it's not an easy thing to do. It takes a ton of time and effort um, because essentially you need to go, I guess, right at the very start of your process into understanding, okay, if I were to call 
uh, my target audience today with the right level of messaging, how many of them are actually going to pick up the phone? How many of them are likely to pick up the phone? So the way that we do this is we focus on research calls, right? So these calls are to find out if I am speaking to Paul or if I am speaking to Adam or if I'm speaking to Antoine, if this number is the correct number, if you are still working at this company, if you are looking or if you are the right person for decisions involving X, Y, and Z. However, you want to go out to your audience and the types of questions you want to ask them, those questions are simply to enable you to have a conversation to understand more about them. But it's also to enable you to understand, I've called this prospect five times on this number without them knowing who I am, and they've picked up. That says to me that they're more likely to pick up a, a, a number to, a, you know, pick up the phone to a cold call than not. Just the same for if I employ that method on LinkedIn or if I employ that method on emails, does this person come back to me more on this channel versus this channel? Or do they come back to me at all on this channel? If they don't, then that's something that I can erase because it's very unlikely I'm ever going to get a response there. And what that enables you to do is start to tailor your lists from the very beginning. So you might take a thousand names or contacts from, uh, you know, let's use a well-named data provider of ZoomInfo. Now, ZoomInfo will give you a thousand numbers for each of those people. But if you call all those thousand people over the course of a week, two weeks, as part of your outreach, you're probably going to get frustrated very quickly because what you're going to say to yourself is, okay, I'm having some conversations, but a lot of these people don't pick up the phone. The reason though they, they don't pick up the phone is because they prefer other channels. You just don't know what those channels are yet. And it's taking you a long time to get to understanding where to meet them versus doing a ton of work up front, very intensive work, but focused work on each and every single channel that that individual can be found on to understand where the release is and where they then do come back to you. Once we build a list of, 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 of those contacts and how they've come back to us and on what channels they've come back to us, that then enables us to put them into the right um, outreach list based on phone, email, or LinkedIn. Yeah. And then when we uh, actually or activate a campaign, the connection rate on those campaigns is 70 to 80% higher than an, on non-validated list because you already know beforehand that these people have a higher propensity to pick up in this channel. Right. So, so when you're doing the testing, if they're a fine person, for example, not leaving yeah. a message, you're just simply calling and seeing if they, they pick up. Yeah, correct. No messaging involved, no selling my product, no, yeah. um, you know, we're the greatest in the world at this. It is, you know, uh, am I speaking to the person that I called for? Uh, just to make sure and understand you're still at this company. Um, out of curiosity, does your role comprise of X, Y, and Z? And it will be a series of research calls like this, no more than a few minutes on each call. But if the person picks up every time, we call that a picker-upper. We know that they're more than likely to pick up a phone, even if they get a cold call, you know, once they get a cold call coming through to them. Yeah. And, do, and what about text and SMS? Is, is that ever part of the funnel? Um, so we do use SMS as part of the, the approach as well, um, because, again, it's good to understand um, the, the, the kind of impacts of text messaging. We don't see 
um, we don't see the, the types of uh, response rates on text messages as we do to the three channels that I've mentioned. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there is a small percentage of people that will come back to a text. But specifically, um, we don't we don't see anything really above a kind of one to two percent response on, on, on SMS. Yeah, and so, so if I'm a founder doing this, right, should I be using my phone number or should I be using, you know, a, um, a phone number I've bought, et cetera? What's the best when you're doing this research? I mean, as a, as a, as a founder, typically your number will be everywhere anyway. Um, okay. So I don't see the, I don't see the problem with, with, with it being my number. Um, but if you do have a number for work, then I definitely would suggest using that as it will just enable you to obviously have filtered calls and understand exactly where those calls are coming from. Um, but uh, yeah, for, if you're a founder, like I said, your, your details are going to be on Zoom info or Cognizant or any other platform likely anyway. So people will find you and they'll know that's the, you know, that's the number to reach you on. Yeah, great. So, so you've done the research. So I know that you'll begin a permission, right? But sort of take us through the next step. If, if I know that this person, and I think a phone example would be great because, you know, if I think through all of my clients and the people in the Cloud Consultants collective community, I don't think many of us are using phone, right? We've all defaulted to what's easy, which is email or LinkedIn. So take us through a phone example of, you know, how would you seek permission? You know, how does it move on from there? So um, when we're talking about phone outreach, the biggest, one of the biggest lessons that I learned, um, and this, uh, this came fairly late in my career, I guess, the way that it was explained is you're an interruption. When you're calling someone out of the blue, you're an interruption. And there are some pretty significant questions on the mind of the individual that you're calling, which is, who is calling me? Why are you calling me? What do you want? Right? So really, when you call, and, and as I have done in the past, call through, hey, am I speaking to Paul? It's Antoine um, calling you because of X, Y, and Z. It sounds like everybody else. Yeah. Right, everybody is calling me and saying this. I every time I get their call, it sounds like that. I put the phone down, I don't want to take a call. When we use the permission based openers, the calls are a lot more um, focused around allowing the prospect to invite the conversation. So it would sound something like, Hi, um, look, you weren't expecting my call. Um, I know I'm an interruption. If you've got a minute, can I uh, spend some time and just uh, introduce myself? What I typically get back from that is, uh, hey, sure. Why? Because on the call, I've introduced myself, where I'm calling from, and the fact that I'd like to take a minute to explain why I'm calling, because you don't know who I am. Once we get the invite as to a yes, that's fine, you, you've got a minute, I would typically then say, Look, appreciate that. If we speak, if you know, if what I say over the next 30 seconds or 60 seconds doesn't resonate with you at all, feel free to put down the phone. Is that okay with you? Yeah. That typically generates a yes. Now, those two questions on the opening part of a call, there will be people that argue, oh, it takes too long to say that. They would have lost the interest by the time they pick up the phone. But actually, what I, I find is because there are very few people that have been impacted by a call in this way, especially from a cold caller. It disarms you fairly quickly because 
again, I've answered, I've, I've, I've given you a call, I've said who I am, I've said where I'm calling from. And then I've also said, if you need to hang up on me, then I'm not going to be offended and that's okay. And, and just quickly, do you use a similar approach to, to email on LinkedIn? So on, 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 on email, typically we will lead with the problem as to why we're reaching out. So um, I know that you've not heard from us before. We're an agency that focuses on this. Typically, we help people that are focused on this, this, and this. Yep. Do any of those... Uh, you know, are you focused on any of those in your world? Very short email cadences, not big, long um, kind of scripts about who we are, what we do, who we work with and why we're amazing. But getting to the point of, you don't know me, but this is where we sit in the space and add value. These are the things that we typically deal with. Curious to know if you're facing any of them. And that's specific, you know, that's normally our, our call to action. Right. And and is it a similar type of thing with, with LinkedIn? Similar on LinkedIn as well. Yeah. 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 Great. So 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 let's say um so we've we've got that sort of we've got their attention. What's typically the next step once you've got your attention back onto the phone? They've they've heard you. What what then typically happens? Yeah, so they've, they've, they've heard us and, you know, they've liked the intro, they've given us time to speak. We um, have a discussion around um, the, 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 you know, the challenges that we deal with and what they're specifically facing. Then it will be just a couple more questions to find out how long we've been facing it. Um, why is it that they think that this problem still exists in their organisation? And from there, whether or not it makes sense for us to continue the conversation at another time and another date. Once we get that call locked in, then we will prepare for that call by going deeper into the company on research, finding out more about have they been involved in any recent mergers and acquisitions? Have they just launched their company? Um, what are they? What's happening in the space that they're selling into right now? Um, and then from there, we would then have a discovery call which would then go further into understanding exactly where they are, what it is that is causing them the biggest headaches, where those headaches are coming from, and really drilling down into whether or not our service is going to be one, firstly, that is going to make an impact on the problem that they have, if it's going to be able to solve the challenges that they're facing, and if it's going to be able to add value and provide the outcomes that they're looking for. And similarly, it gives us a very good understanding as to whether or not the company that we're speaking to really um, understands us and the way that we go about our business and the value that we can add if we are allowed to do things in the way that we have seen um, impact positively on our customers. Yeah, and is there any specific tools you're using in that research is, or is it just stuff that's you know, uh, desktop research public to everybody? I mean, it's it's always it's always publicly available information. Um, we 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 use intent data. Um, we also use um, different platforms that give us an understanding of uh, what's happening within a company's tech stack, for example. So um, I'm sure you've potentially heard of HG Insights. So understanding, you know, um, are is this company using this ERP system? What else are they using alongside the ERP system? What's their CRM system look like? 
do all of their technologies kind of speak to each other is what we look for do they have kind of you know um completely siloed processes um who is the stakeholder com uh, committee within this company what do they look like so we will put all of that information together typically before getting on to the next stage call but the, the first layer of information that we're looking for is the stakeholder it is the um kind of you know the business proposition and it is the business challenge or pain that they're focused on where we will be able to ignite a further discussion from that yeah because i think you know some of the material i read doing my research before this call as you say that you know roughly three percent of people are you know in that buying cycle right at that point so you know yeah. it's important to make sure that you're working mainly with the 97 right so absolutely yeah absolutely. and 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 just like was that hd insights Sorry, HG, HG, HG insights. insights. Right. So we'll put all these links again in the, the show notes for you. If um, yeah. you're madly, if you're walking or you're thinking, oh, you know, I don't want to listen to the whole thing again, we'll, we'll, we'll have it there because uh, Antoine's giving so much value. And so you, um, so that's fantastic. Uh, I know that you um, talk about, you know, some other ways, so events, round tables, you know, just tell us what's working and what's not working. In particular, I know that you had a client in this space that's a SAP partner, as an example. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, what, yeah, what's sort of working in, in our world at the moment? Um, so outbound on its own will not get you to the results that you want, okay? There's always, you have to have these systems working together. So your you're, you're inbound, which is what you're, um, going to be generating from activities, whether they're on LinkedIn, whether you're developing webinars, um, you know, kind of content for people to be able to consume, uh, go away, understand, and then they can come back to you when they're ready with either questions or if they believe that your solution is one that's going to be able to help them move forward. Um, so what, what you've said there is absolutely right. You know, one to three percent of the marketplace that you're selling into at this moment in time is ready to have a conversation with you and purchase the product that you're selling. But that's a very, very small amount of people compared to what the, the opportunity that you have to go out and, and get your message to people. So if you're going to then impact those others who are potentially going to be ready now, but most likely they're not going to be ready now. It might be three months. It might be six months that they're going to, be ready to have a conversation with you. Where a lot of companies fall is that the initial outreach didn't bring about the response that they needed for a short-term win. And then those companies kind of don't fall by the wayside, right? And if you're not in front of them consistently, when it is time for them to come back on to looking and implementing the solution that you sell, then one of your competitors is going to have got ahead of you. So the reason I talk about um, events, um, you know, or, or, or webinars or, or private roundtables or, or, or kind of, you know, um, uh, a kind of physical or digital roundtable, should I say, is because it is giving you a way to capture the attention of your audience and build on the awareness that you've created, but also to be able to give them ways to be able to learn about you to be able to learn more about the industry to be able to learn more about things that you can guide them with and you can help them with in order for them to come better even if it's not buying your solution or service right now yes. and for you to be sat there with that information to say okay well look no problem we've had a really good conversation today 
Um, there's a couple of webinars that, that we produced that I think is going to be pretty valuable for you in your step of the journey right now. Let me send those over to you and uh, give you give you some stuff that you can look at in your own time. Whether you do that on a drip feed campaign, they sign, i.e. I, you'll send it out to them uh, every other week, for example, or, or every month they get something from you. You want to be synonymous with what it is that you do. And because they heard about it from you first, they will see you as the industry leader as far as that information and that and that kind of niche that you're focused on. So when you're developing um, these different um, avenues towards yourself and towards what it is that you do and towards how it is that you can help people become better without needing to spend on your services right now, it tightens the bonds that they have with your organization being seen as the number one for that specific area or that challenge that they're facing right now. Yeah, brilliant. And and any tips on how to get people to your list newsletter, right? Because, you know, some of those things you can obviously um, give those sort of offers in a, in your newsletter. Yeah, any tips on 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 how to do that? Because I must admit, I myself struggle, you know, I've tried so many different scripts, some work, some don't. But, yeah, I just wonder if you've got any that uh, you'd love to share, like the brilliant ones you've already given for phone and email. Do you mean in relation to how to drive people towards uh, your content or towards your newsletters? Yeah, yeah. So let's say that they're not ready to buy now. They're in the 97. What's a yeah. great way to move them into your your uh, list or your orbit so that you can continue to stay in, in front of them? Yeah. Um, typically for me, it, it, it takes place on the call. So, you know, we'd have a conversation. We'd find out that you know, you weren't aware of this before, but I brought it to your attention. And it's something that you haven't looked out, looked at outside of this, but you're going to start taking a look at this as, as time goes by. When? Might not be tomorrow, might be next week, might be the week after. But if I can find out from that conversation with you to say, typically, how best do you like to learn about these opportunities? Would it be via email? Would it be on LinkedIn, are you more active on there when it comes to learning about either events or, or, or webinars that could be of interest to you? What's the best way for me to be able to get that information in front of you? And then for you to let me know, okay, well, actually, I know I picked up the phone to you today, but anything that comes into my email about this, I'll, I'll pick that up straight away, or I'll pick that up on LinkedIn. That gives me the opportunity in my system to say, okay, great. Now, any information that is going to go to Paul or any information that is going to go to uh, any, you know, anybody that I speak to, it needs to go in the form of this cadence through LinkedIn or through email. It's going to be sending over, here's a webinar that you might find interesting. Here is a newsletter that is relating to X, Y, and Z point that I believe that you would find interesting. And it's just keeping the level of engagement high in their channel of preference where they've asked you to send it. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Well, look, I know we're about up to time, so we're going to do the rapid fire now, but uh, Ooh, I, I yeah. could just ask you so many more questions. And I think I'm going to put a big R here, which is okay. uh, repeatable guests. Let's get you on. And, and maybe what we'll do is uh, get you on with a, a specific case of a, a cloud consultant like um, I know okay. you have worked with someone before in this space and uh, hopefully yeah. you'll work uh, with more people in this space now we've introduced you to to the community but um, 
what we'll do now is do this rapid fire. So the first question, you know, what are some of the daily sales habits that you do that we haven't talked about already that helps you to accelerate sales for your own business? So daily sales tips, one that I've used forever is I never get on the phone cold. Um, I'll always do a practice pitch either to myself, to my colleagues, um, to whoever is in the vicinity that will listen to me to get those cobwebs out, right? It's uh, it's like if you you go out and you, 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 you try and run 100 metres as fast as you can. You're never going to do that on the first run because you need to warm up. So I think warm-up's essential when it comes to outbound prospecting and being able to get on the phone and, and, and sound, you know, pretty effortless in your delivery. Yeah, brilliant. And, and what about for you? How do you find out um, the latest trends, new techniques, et cetera, in sales? What, what's your go-to place? My go-to places right now, um, obviously, you know, Google is a wealth of information, so I do lots of active research. But I think more valuable than that and quicker than that is dark social groups. Um, it's where I met people like um, Adam, um, for example. Um, so, you know, you're in those groups, you pose a question somewhere, somebody knows what it is that you need or that you're looking for. And you get very, very quick feedback as to what's happening in the market, um, what people are seeing in terms of swings or uh, in terms of, you know, just new things that are, are impacting on the sales process that I can, you know, very easily start looking into and, and, and gaining an understanding from that. Yeah, brilliant. And, you know, that's why I created the Cloud Consultants Collective for that yeah. very reason, right? It's uh, so yeah. much quicker, as you said. Um, and, you know, it's experience too. It's not opinions, which which I also love. Uh, the next one is now if we could grant you one which for sales driven at the moment, what would that be? Yeah. Ooh, one wish for sales driven. Um, it would be to have the knowledge of, uh, a consistent pipeline of quality, um, uh, uh, I would say, uh, people that we would be able to bring into the business. So um, I think the hardest thing for most organizations is finding great people um, and finding them consistently that come into the business, able to perform, that lets you then move on to the next, uh, move on to the next part of growing the company. Uh, I think that that would be the, the one thing that I would love to have right now. Yeah, brilliant. And, um, you know, you, you sort of mentioned a couple of things through the podcast around, you know, finding the right data points, et cetera, so that you're doing the, picking the right channels for the right people. But, you know, what else have you learned through this journey that you wish you may have learned a little earlier to accelerate your business? Oh, that's a good question. I think, I think in terms of what I, I've le- I would have loved to have learned earlier, was the impact of my approach on outbound. Um, I think that, you know, I've been I've been outbound for 17 years. I've, I've never not done outbound selling. Yes. Um, but um, it took me through a long journey, you know, B2C, B2B, um, you know, kind of bashing people, hounding people on the phone. Um, obviously, it comes with a level of experience, but I think that moving to a, a perspective of a buyer, um, led kind of sale and also being focused on how buyers like to be approached has been the biggest uh, kind of game changer I've had to my to my kind of process and also the way that I then um, teach my team as well. Yeah, 
Yeah, brilliant. Well, look, uh, if you are running or you're riding your bike, et cetera, like I said, all the links will be in the show notes. You can find out more about Antoine Marsden at salesdriven.com. Now, that's D-R-I-I-B-N. So yeah. salesdriven.com. Once again, it'll be in the show notes and you get the full transcript because all those beautiful scripts that Antoine mentioned, you can actually get that at uh, the transcript that'll be in. And it's not a perfect transcript. What we do is just take it as it is, but you'll get the gist of uh, what he said if you haven't had a chance to write them down because, uh, you know, there's absolute gold in those examples you've given. And also check him out on LinkedIn as well, which the link will be there. But Antoine, uh, just fantastic to hear a fresh perspective. And you've like, I've literally filled my my sheet with things that I'm going to go and take and, and implement both in my own business, but also the clients that I work with and uh, hope you listening will do the same thing. But uh, yeah, great to have you on Antoine. And as I said, it won't be the last time. Thank you. Uh, I hope it helps. And it's been a pleasure being on the show. Appreciate it. What a great interview. And we will get Antoine back and go into the transcripts and get it. Also, what you've learned from Antoine, which I'm sure you've taken away some things. Mention him on LinkedIn. He'll love that. There's the summary. As I said, you can get the full transcript of paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast. And why not share it with others? You know, as a cloud consultant, how hard it is to do outbound. So send this to your peers so they can help. They'll think you're a rock star. Uh, you can check out our solo shows. Don't forget the Cloud Consultants Collective.com, which is a great place for all cloud consultants to gather. And if you want created content from me, which includes this podcast each week only for cloud consultants, go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash newsletter. And next week's guest is Mandy Ellison on being a hands-off CEO. And uh, you're going to absolutely love that. Take action to accelerate your sales. I'm fired up after today's episode. What about you? But hey, before you go, learning is just one piece of the puzzle. Now it's time to put today's strategy into action. Head over now to today's show page at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast and share how you'll put it into action. Be sure to head over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe, rate, and review the show. Tell me what your favorite episode is. And don't wait one minute more to gain access to your pulse check at paulhigginsmentoring.com. This could be the difference between struggling to get more leads and making this next quarter your best one yet.